Episode 88. The Universe is Governed by the Laws of Perfect Balance. Brought to you by the first and great king and queen of the universal laws, balance. Can you take it into your consciousness and therefore your intelligence is that the law of perfect balance exists in all, not just some, events in your life. This means that there is no such thing as a bad accident, no such thing as a emotion, no such thing as a bad person, no such thing as bad weather, no such thing as negative thinking, no such thing as a DD, no such thing as depression. That cannot be half. But we give ourselves the luxury of focusing on half and therefore see what's wrong or what's right and in doing so separate ourselves from the universe and nature. All business decisions that are made from a half-baked perspective are wrong, but how can there be a wrong decision without a right so they are wrong and right? A good day doesn't exist. A bad day it doesn't exist. A negative event cannot exist. All it can happen is that we get a perspective and seek that that perspective is true. Our perspective can therefore be jaundiced and distorted. But the universe can't be. When we say we want to be aligned with nature or live in harmony or bring love into life and then we get a perspective that is either positive or negative about an event we are inauthentic. When we hold on to a perspective of imbalance for too long that imbalance starts to play its own games with our body and next thing you know we will have that imbalance manifesting in nature's Bible, your body. Every single thing that you feel in your body is the result of imbalance thinking. So why does the universe have this cosmic joke? It sets up everything in perfect balance and then gives human beings the possibility to see imbalance and react to imbalance and try to face imbalance and deal with imbalance in therapy and then go to work and try to make imbalance at work work. What sort of a joke has been played on us? Well, the answer to this question is called free will. Free will is what we fight for, free will is what we argue to have, free will is why we distort the parenting of our children, free will is why we study at uni, free will is why we make money, free will is why we choose a particular car, free will is our obsession. If there is one thing at the core of all human struggles it's free will. But it's not free will to align with the universe it's free will to think and do what we want regardless. In the workshop environment in one of the exercises we have time and the luxury to do I ask people to design a world from grassroots that includes human beings. There is only one single rule on which they need to design this world, and that is that the human being is seeking to return from whence it came. Put in other language, the human being wants to know about itself. Put even clearer if it came from God then it wants to know all about God. If it came from star stuff then it wants to know and return to star. Stuff. Designing a world where people want to buy cars and grow carrots and drink beers and have sex so that they can have more of themselves so they can learn about themselves is quite an easy task but putting in the variable that the human being will be free to do whatever it was but underneath that freedom there is a secret search for the soul. When all this happens and people deliver their presentations in their groups as to how they would design the world it turns out they will design it exactly how it is now. They would give people free will to do whatever they choose and whenever they chose unwisely they would get their fingers burnt. Whenever they chose wisely they would get rewarded. Rewarded doesn't necessarily mean they would get a lollipop. Rewarded might mean they lived another day. It is amazing to see that the drive for a human being to search for what is nature's and the universe's purpose and that is to recycle all that is in matter and return it back to thought and then recycle it again is fundamental on the idea that we have free will and can be stupid and go off on tangents and worry about stuff or we can line up with the universe evolve and therefore live another day. I can testify to this over the last five days of my own life where we have moved house. The amount of shit we had to unpack and pack and accumulate it and then store and then find things to store it in and then move it and then pay packers to move it just shows how free will and the sense of creating an identity in space has become such an intrinsic and invisible part of being us that it was a nightmare from time to time just trying to sort out what to do with all the thousands of dollars of stuff that we have that we don't need. And all this after decluttering. 
I own office desk is a testimony to this. I have microphones left, right and center, three computers and iPad, the latest mobile phone and the list goes on and what do I need? I need to communicate. I need an open heart. I need to share the truth of the universal laws for those who are ready. Sometimes we are distracted by our perspectives and we forget the real mission of life and that is, as nature intended, to explore and wonder about being a human being, by understanding the universe and therefore ourselves, through the process of living every single day of our lives in a form of mobile meditation. You listen to this blog and you read this material and yet we are all still clumsy when it comes to emotion. The fact is we are always learning. And while we learn, which means in the universal language of existence, see the perfect balance, we are evolving and growing and therefore the supply chain of energy that we need to take another magnificent breath on this the most amazing planet in this most astonishing universe is available to us. But when we start being mean to each other, we start being distracted by the floss of emotion, when we start trying to get it right instead of get it and learn, we are heading in the wrong direction. But you have, unlike the rest of the planet, a gift. Firstly, by putting your hand up to be coached in the universal laws, and their application to business of life, you've been given a blessing of self-awareness that 6.9 billion people have, but don't realize it. You have also the ability to see the difference between an obsession with free will and divine well. At one point in your life you will come to the conclusion that if you follow the universal laws and apply them to every disruption and dysfunction you have in your daily life, they are one and the same. But when free will is separated from divine well, there is always a collision and do you know which one will win? If you know which one will win, whether divine will or free will will win, you are unique. Because most people think that free will will win over the universal laws of nature. I'm now nearly 45 years in the business of human development at the most diverse spectrum of the human condition imaginable all the way from socio-economic poverty, disenfranchised First Nation people, use at risk, corporate tycoons, business managers, parents, community leaders and artists and entertainers. I have no idea of the number of people that I have had the opportunity to talk to about the difference between human will and the universal laws. What I have been gifted to experience is the cost of trying to do success misaligned with the universal laws. I have seen people get extremely angry at their own children almost to the point of hate, I have seen people tear at each other's throat physically because they say they love each other, I've seen people so corrupted in business that they wouldn't know a balance sheet if they fell over one, and I've seen the cost. Misalignment with the universal laws simply means we think our free will can distort the balance of the universe. And that's a pretty big ask. The ancient Greeks spoke about beauty. I think they have been the most wise teachers we have experienced so far in the human race. The Greeks described beauty as symmetry, proportion, and order. And there is something so amazing about this awareness. Symmetry proportion and order are balanced metric in anything you see or feel. And so when a person speaks to you and there is symmetry proportion and order in their conversation you think it is beautiful and you feel that beauty and that beauty you feel is another language inspiration or another language love. But you could also call it wisdom. Symmetry proportion and order is what we call beautiful when we see a person in their body shape, or their face. Symmetry proportionate in order is what we see in architecture when we say it's a magnificent building and you can see those all the way back to ancient times and even in a bridge currently being built. Symmetry proportion and order attracts us to brands. Symmetry proportion and order is so vital in the logo. And symmetry proportion and order which is what the Greeks called beauty is, in today's language, perfect balance. As much as our ancestors over the last 50 years have been entangled up in the hype and rhetoric of emotional high and low such as motivational speakers and aggressive coaching, we are now in an era where this sort of hyped up pleasure hunting is no longer seen as an adventure of free will but a loss of opportunity for life. We are seeing the cost of addiction and cost to individuals who are obsessed with this free will upper being supported by the pharmaceutical industry with medication. 
we are seeing the cost of addictions to free will and trying to fight against symmetry proportion and order, perfect balance. So the next time you think it's time to pick a fight, the next time you think it's time to be sad, the next time you think it's time to get an upper and drink more than normal, the next time you are worried about whether your steak is organic and hand-fed, think to yourself am I thinking about priorities, think to yourself am I taking this all too seriously, have I lost my perspective, is this symmetry proportion and order in this environment, am I thinking universally or am I thinking locally obsessed with myself, or obsessed with alignment with perfect balance. One of the things we discovered from moving house, is the layout of furniture either tunes into this symmetry proportion and order, or it tunes into the effective use of a piece of furniture. We have moved things around and around looking for the most practical or the most attractive layout, but the one thing I know is that we will not stop doing that until we find, what feels and looks, symmetry proportion and order what feels to the heart beautiful. We are aware of the importance of this aspect of our environment and we will continue to move things around millimeter by millimeter, or even throw things out on the street until such time as we feel it. This obsession with beauty is also witnessed in the way we are putting toys in cupboards and choosing bed covers for children. We don't care what people think we care that symmetry proportion and order in the environment defines us internally as well. It is not just about seeing beauty in your partner but seeing beauty in the environment in which you are with your partner indoors. We are doing all weekend to bring the outdoors indoors. We are moving furniture we are selling things and we are rearranging things and will continue to do so until it just sits in place. I also have a close friend who is very very good at this sort of thing being able to just put things in the perfect place so there is a balance in the room. Our bed is currently facing with the head of the bed toward the west and we know, and you do too, that we will sleep in the deepest possible way with the head of the bed facing towards the east. Dealing with the cosmetic issues around this in the bedroom is a little bit of a challenge, but if we are living a lifestyle of love, which is chapter 4 of the sacred love book, these things become powerful in building even more powerful love and relationship at home. I noticed the other day that my ex-partner had won a triathlon up in Queensland of a very significant nature. When I thought about it, and the fact that our relationship broke up so that she could move to Queensland, it was obvious that she would never have won that event living in Bondi Beach. Sometimes you just have to let go of things that you think are fixed in order to cause the things that you want. There was never a question that she wanted to be on the world stage in triathlon, and now with this victory in Queensland and a 12th place in the world champs in the US last week, her move to another city and another relationship is vindicated and the work we put in while she was here given a new trajectory. None of this would have happened if she had have stayed in a relationship with me and Bondi, and we knew that about two years before it came to the time. Letting go the past is being grateful for the past. The perfect balance of this story was visible 10 seconds after the decision was made to pull the pin on the relationship. When that decision was made, I sat down at my dining table, the one I'm sitting out right now, took out notepad and pencil, drew columns and created discard forms on anything that was still aggravating me about that relationship or the ending of it. Within a very few short hours it was gone in history. Here we are a few years down the track and the evidence that was visible to me on the dining table is validated. She simply followed symmetry proportion and order in where she lived and who she lived with. And I couldn't ask for a better student. Today is probably a good time for you to ask what is your triathlon? What is filling your mind? Is your space demonstrating both in location and lay out a commitment to a destiny beyond free will and into the realms of divine will, human purpose, your Mount Everest? It's a good day for it. And the most important thing, learn to let go of those things that cause you to be thinking that there is imbalance in any action in your life. Because that perception, your free will, is costing you time. That's the end of this episode. With Spirit, Chris.